because it's really just this amazing system that shows you your strengths and your purpose and your gifts and really provides you with this map to help you realign with your life and the true story of who you really are. And about a year and a half ago, I was really on this quest to live my authentic truth more than ever and to really find myself again. And this really provides you with this blueprint Um, this energy blueprint of who you truly are. And I got my first reading about a year and a half ago, and I haven't looked back ever since. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knabel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This week on episode 125, I have the absolute joy of talking with my really good friend, Lindsay Martin-Ellis about human design. And Lindsay is a wellness and business mentor. She's a wife, a fur baby mama, a thought leader, change maker, speaker, and certified human design specialist and coach. And you guys, selfishly, I was so excited to talk with Lindsay about human design on the podcast because I am just in the very early stages of learning about human design myself. And it's been really fun. I was able to get a reading with Lindsay prior to recording the podcast. And it has been such an interesting learning experience for me. I feel like I'm, I'm stepping into another pool of like self-knowledge and awareness that's going to be a really useful tool for my toolbox. And I hope that it is for you all as well. I think you're going to love this episode and I'm so excited for you all to listen to it. A couple of updates for everybody. Um, Genevieve is headed back to the podcast in a couple weeks. I am just grinning ear to ear right now and floored to tell you guys that she's taking a little bit of a break to just get some R&R and do what she needs to do for her family. You know, everybody is trying to manage um, homeschool or hybrid models of learning with kids at home. And it's a tough season. Like my heart goes out to all of you parents who are having to multitask work and their child's learning experience. Like it does not... I hope you know, like, we see you, we love you. It's hard. Um, And so this was something that, um, you know, we decided this would be a good season for Jen to just like, take a breath. And um, she's really excited to come back to the podcast. And we are very excited to be together with all of you once again. So a couple weeks, she'll be back with us. We're actually going to dig into um, some more skincare stuff, which I'm, I'm really excited for because, you know, we've talked about a lot about healing dry skin from within, but we haven't talked about like the whole process of skin health and how that looks from the inside out. And so we're going to do, um, I'm going to do a solo episode next week for you guys on healing your skin from within, whether it's dry, oily, acneic, whatever. 
And then we're going to talk about healing sensitive skin. During this time of year, it's really common for folks to get sensitivities to skincare products um, that have high actives, um, to get sensitive to any mechanical exfoliation, all sorts of things. And so Jen is going to take us through all of her tips and tricks and recommendations. And you guys know we are all here for some Genevieve laden skincare advice. So we're really excited for these episodes. And then we also have some money mindset chat coming your way, which I'm really excited to end the year with. Um, and as far as updates go on my side of things, I have a really fun holiday digital cookbook coming out next week. So be on the lookout for that. If you guys want to get in on that, make sure you sign up for my newsletter. I will link it in the show notes for you all, but the cookbook is going to be full of gluten-free holiday recipes. There's going to be make ahead tips. Um, and then some advice on scaling back your recipes if you have kind of smaller gatherings this year and holiday meals are going to be like you know a little bit smaller than you normally would do so all of that food feels kind of overwhelming and you guys you're going to be able to cook your whole holiday meal from this book I'm so excited (laughs) there's some really yummy uh the turkey in there is so good you guys it's so good there's a couple there's a pork roast there's prime rib and then tons of really fun side dishes some light dishes and then I've got lots of like yummy cocktail goodness and my favorite uh coffee drink right now which is a ginger snap latte it's the best the best. So if you want to get in on that, hop in the show notes, make sure you um, sign up for my newsletter and that will be the place that I am sending it out. So without further ado, here is episode 125 of the podcast with Miss Lindsay Martin-Ellis on human design. And just a little note from Lindsay, she mentioned you may want to go check out your chart and grab it before you listen to the episode, just because I think it'll make the experience all the more of a deep dive and all the more exciting. If you have that, you can go to mybodygraph.com and put in some info to get your chart. And then you'll be able to look at that while Lindsay is kind of walking everyone through all this human design goodness. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This week, I have one of my very, very dear friends joining me for the first time ever. Her name is Miss Lindsay Ellis, and she's the owner and founder of Living Well by Lindsay, which is a women's wellness and empowerment brand. And she and I just love to geek out on all things personal development and women's empowerment, just like her brand says. And so we're just going to bring one of our, you know, regular conversations we always have to this podcast. I'm excited. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like this is a long time coming, so I'm super excited to be here. I've wanted to have you on the podcast for a very, very long time. We always joke that we just like have a podcast so that we can just bring our, our good friends on and have great conversations and then record them and share them with other people. <laughs> so we absolutely love it. Well, today we're going to dig into human design with you, which is like so juicy, very of the moment. And you're actually the first person I ever heard about human design from. Um, at least at any level of depth. I think it, I had seen it mentioned in a few spaces. You know, I'd seen folks interviewed on various podcasts, but I had never, I didn't know what human design was until you had, you know, your reading done and learned about it. And you were just like, okay, Cassie, you need to, I need to know what your type is right now. Like, <laughs> when were you born? So <laughs> um, I, tell us a little bit about like how you came to 
find human design and start to pursue it for yourself? I love this question because I feel like most of my passions in my life, I feel like human design found me. <laughs> and actually, one of my my friends and mentors in business, uh, RC Vartanian, actually, she's a she's a blogger, Rubies and Radishes. I'm sure many mm-hmm. of you are familiar. And she actually gifted this to me for the holidays um, because it's really just this amazing system that shows you your strengths and your purpose and your gifts and really provides you with this map to help you realign with your life and the true story of who you really are. And about a year and a half ago, I was really on this quest to live my authentic truth more than ever and to really find myself again. And this really provides you with this blueprint Um, this energy blueprint of who you truly are. And I got my first reading about a year and a half ago and I haven't looked back ever since. That's amazing. I love the idea of an energy blueprint. I mean, you and I have talked a lot about how um, energy exchange is something we're a lot more interested in talking about now than just, you know, uh, these like the hustle and the flow and the all of that and one of the cool things that I've learned so far about human design and just talking to you and getting a reading with you is is just this idea that like we are energized and we get sucked energy from different things depending on what our human design like type is right absolutely so cool And what I do love about human design is it's really this synthesis of all of these different ancient modalities from around the world. It's got Eastern and Western astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Hindu chakra system, quantum physics, Kabbalah. And it's just this really robust system for allowing our uniqueness to really show up in the story of who we are. And that's why I think I felt like as this heart-centered soulful woman it just felt really in alignment with ah this feels really good it's like who I am when I came into this world and I was a little bit resistant and skeptical in the beginning and then I felt like so at home once I really understood my human design that's amazing I know that's how I felt when I learned about the Enneagram which you know because I I subsequently obsessed over it for many many months and it's been years now (laughs) um but I love I love any self-development or self-awareness tool that allows you to feel more at home in your own body, um, in your own mind, in your own spirit, all of those things. So that's really cool. Okay. We, I mean, you kind of talked about how human design comes from these different modalities. It's like the marriage of all those things, which I mean, like, hello, I mean, bring me the quantum physics. I'm very interested in that. That's so, so I've just so interesting to me. Um, but I know like you're going to walk us through overview of like each type and, and all sorts of other juicy stuff. Um, but will you start with just like breaking down each energy type a little bit more? Absolutely. Or wherever you want to take us before we go there. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'll go a little bit more maybe into the overview and then maybe I will let people know. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but maybe you want to, you know, get your body graph, your human design body graph as we're maybe talking about this so you can actually know your type prior. So um, I think I'd like to go a little bit into the interview or the overview and then perhaps show people where they can get free access to their chart and then they can actually geek out over what type they are once they're listening through this podcast. I, you know, I love a practical 
listen along. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So, so like I said, I think it's what I love about human design is it's it's your unique energy blueprint to you and no two charts and body graphs are the same. So body graph is the actual blueprint for your human design type. And over the course of our life, we get conditioned and we forget the story of who we are. And, you know, these shoulds of our external world really play a part. And that's why I love this is we feel like there's this special formula for health and vitality and abundance, the right relationship, the right work. I mean, you name it. And it feels so at home when you're like, ah. I'm not supposed to be like everybody else. Mm. And I believe there's this, you know, it's the greatest source of pain in life is this disconnect from our authentic self. And so when we try and squeeze, you know, the powerful essence of who we are behind the masks into these small definitions of who we should be, it really releases this like subtle uh, restlessness inside of us that I think creates stress and unhappiness. That's how I was feeling. And so it just felt really at home. So I just wanted to give a little bit more background if you're feeling like alone or you're feeling disconnected. This just feels so good for some people that maybe have tried some self-help and personal development and it hasn't really worked for them. Mm. I love it. I'm here for it. So I would love you all to go if you want to just dive in a little bit before we get into the different types is if you just go to mybodygraph.com, just like it sounds, mybodygraph.com. And all you need is your birth location and the time and your birth date. That's all you need. It's very simple. You don't have to take a test, which I know. <laughs> you don't have to read a book. It's just those three simple things. And then you'll be able to delve in a little bit deeper into your type. This is so fun. Okay, I'll link that in the show notes for everybody. If you guys just want to hit pause, like just hit pause on the podcast. Go check out your mybodygraph.com reading and figure out you know, like the basics, you're going to look at your chart. I promise you, you're going to look at your chart and you're going to be so confused as to what is happening. (laughs) Um, I'm still very confused, but Lindsay is uh, picking it apart piece by piece for me (laughs) because that's all I can take is the little bite-sized bits here and there. But it's been really cool to look at that, look at the actual reading, like the graph, is it called a graph, your body graph? Correct. So far and, um, and be able to like listen to what you're telling me while I'm looking at that. So that's really cool. And, um, you know, if you have, if you follow us on Instagram, I will have already told you to look up your body graph to prepare for this week's episode by now, (laughs) which is great. So. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned this Cassie, because with like anything, most of the people listening to this are probably extremely ambitious, driven, multi-passionate individuals. And we tend to want all of it in one helping. And that's, it's really helped me to practice patience and to really just practice just being with it and knowing that there are so many layers. Like this is our life. Like I, I consider this body graph our life's purpose and our soul's calling. And so it's not meant to be figured out in one sitting. And what I found, I've gotten several readings since first discovering it. And sometimes the readings are so overwhelming and cumbersome and they tend to give it all away and it's too much. And so with my readings, I really like to start with the type because there's so much power in the type and each energy type really plays a role in this world. And there are five. 
And each type has this specific strategy for making decisions. And so it starts to feel much more simple and streamlined and easy to show up in the world and to make decisions. Okay. So do you want me to go ahead? I, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I just feel like I'm going to school today. We're all just on the podcast together. We're going to the school of Lindsay and yep, you're yep. going to just teach us today. I'm here for it. Okay, great. So I think I would love to just talk about the, the five types. So when you go to mybodygraph.com, put in the information, it's free. It's going to automatically provide you with your body graph. And it's a really user-friendly tool that will tell you your type. There are five types in human design. The first one is manifester. The second one is manifesting generator. The third one is generator. The fourth one is projector. And the last one, the fifth and final one is reflector. And I would love to ask Cassie. She probably already knows this. <laughs> Cassie and I are both generators, which is uh -huh. not surprising. And generators are actually 35% of the population wow. equal with manifesting generators. So we are actually the highest percentage of types in human design. And at first I was like, oh, I'm kind of like everybody else, but then I really started to understand my type and like totally love special. it. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, though I kind of wanted to be the 1%. So manifestors are 8% of the population. Like I said, so if you hear me say mangen, it's manifesting generator because it's <laughs> kind of a mouthful. So in the human design world, it's mangen. So 35% generator is also 35%. Projectors are 24% and reflectors are less than 1% of the population. I had never heard of like reflectors and I had been doing a little bit of reading in human design before we had our reading recently and I still was like, oh, there's another one, you know? And yep. I just, I've never met anyone that I know of who knows their human design type. So that's like a caveat, right? Um, who's a reflector. And I think I know one manifester, maybe two. It's always fascinating now because I can actually, it's kind of like the Enneagram. You can pretty much know somebody's type just, you know, once you figure out what, what everybody kind of in, in tales. What do you mean? You just, don't, you don't just ask your new friends their, um, their birthplace <laughs> and time and location. Eventually I do. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> You're like, actually, let me just look up your chart right now. It's so fun. It's so fun. And I know with our reading, you know, we talked about, I know Cassie was so excited to, to look up her son and her spouse. And it just gets really fun because it does, it helps, it's, it helps you with your relationships. And I think before we kind of get into the teachings a little bit more, it's kind of like, take what you need and leave the rest. Like, mm. I love just learning different self-help tools because they're tools, right? And you can always pull something from each of them that can help you on your journey. And I think that's what this is really about. I, I love that you mentioned that too, because for me, there's a, it's the human design stuff is a little more woo than I generally feel comfortable with, but it's similar. I mean, a lot of people think the Enneagram is woo and I don't think of it that way at all. And so I totally can see how, you know, just, you know, having less knowledge about it, you might feel that way. But also if that's just not your thing, that's not your thing. That's fine. Um, but I, I will say there are things that the, that human design has explained for me that the Enneagram never did. 
you know, it's a different, like you said, it's a different lens under which to look at your life and, and your makeup and, you know, why you're wired the way that you are. And I, I think exactly as you said, as we were getting started, like the more you can be connected to your authentic self, which again, that also sounds woo. I think that just means like being fully aware of who you are, how you show up in the world and what you want out of your life. And that's pretty dang juicy. Like that's some good stuff. So hopefully this is a helpful tool for everyone. And I'm sure we'll dig into it even deeper in future future episodes. There's a few podcasts that I listen to that I've, I've listened to them get readings on the air. And I'm like, whoa, that's a little too vulnerable for me. <laughs> I'm like, can you just come be our teacher, please? <laughs> but I, I do. I have my vulnerable moments, but getting my human design reading recorded is not one of them, at least written recorded for anyone but me to to watch I think the I think the Lindsay probably like two to four years ago would have probably thought this was a little a little woo and I think the more that I've just surrendered to you know it's like going back to our truest form and just being open-minded I think that goes with anything especially in this climate that we're in right now I think the more open-minded we can be the better And it's just like, see what it does for you, right? Like it could, it could help clarify some things and you don't need to necessarily fully understand it all or believe it. But if it gives you some tools to show up a little bit better in the world, then why not? And Uh, I love that. Yeah. And I, I do, I think like I've done so many of these assessments and tools and it's like remembering how I was in my childhood or like, how am I showing up now? And if I took a test, it's like I could have different answers a couple of different times and it's like I don't have to think and there was just this it just felt like relief for me to just not have to think and just to be like okay this is who I am so let's just see if it fits and then for most people it does it really resonates and Mm -hmm. I think that's where I really started to feel really good about my path of helping other people you know self-explore. I definitely, I mean, when you, so I, as you mentioned, I'm a generator, you're a generator. When you started to go through that part of the process for me, which everyone's going to find out each type in a minute, um, or more about each type, I should say, because you listed them off for us already. Um, I, when we got into the authorities, that was the really interesting kind of sub, I would call that like subtyping from an outsider's, you know, look, looking in as to like how you're getting even more specific about about your type and then you kind of as you go through each of the levels you come to a more and more uniqueness in how you show up in the world which is really really cool yeah I feel like I've barely scratched the surface yeah I definitely we can probably get into this at the end but the authority as Cassie was mentioning it's really this aspect of your design that influences your decision making strategy and that's what a lot of this is about is making decision decisions from like a place that actually feels good where you're you know you're feeling clear and it feels really in alignment Um, and so that was really helpful for me too. Yeah okay well let's dig into the energy types a little more. Yeah, absolutely. And so 
I'm trying to decide if I want to get into the motor centers. I think I will a little bit, but basically if you are familiar with any form of yoga or, you know, the Hindu chakra system, there are several, there's basically nine centers in human design. And so there's more than there are the shock, the chakras, but there are, they are, there are very much in alignment. And so you've got the head center, you've got the Ajna center, the throat center, and then you also have the G center, the heart center, solar plexus, root, sacral, and spleen. And like I said, if you're familiar with the chakras, you'll see there's some similarities there. And really what that means is when you're looking at your chart is you're going to see that some of them are going to be white or not colored in and some of them are going to be colored in which really means when they're colored in they're defined and when they're white it really means that they're open or undefined and so when you're looking at all of these centers when they're defined it is like the truth the core of who we are they are not changing and when you have white or undefined centers Really what that means is you have this ability to take on external factors from other people or from the outside world. None of them are good or bad. It's just a different way to really look at the different centers and how you're showing up in the world. Any questions, Cass? Just no. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just, I'm like I said, I'm in listening mode today. All right. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, as far as the motor centers go, I, I am not crazy familiar with like the depth of each of the chakras and, and going into that. Um, I know there are probably plenty of listeners who are just yoga, amazing yoga instructors and aficionados and all that goodness who are like, yes, 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 yes. Nodding heads right now. Um, but I think that's an area in which I just have a lot more to learn. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I can ask you a pointed question about it. (laughs) Absolutely. I just know that you recently got your reading. So you might be having some aha moments because I find that, you know, the more you hear about this and learn and get additional readings, you know, so you get some clarity so you can feel free to chime in at any time. Yeah, I think, you know, it's I, I think one of the most interesting pieces of it for me so far has just been like not comparing. I know it's again, two different modalities, but looking at like what I've learned through the Enneagram and what I've learned so far through human design and um the the fact that like I mean in, in my particular case like I have an emotional authority which is I did not expect you to say that is that right sacral emotional we're we're the same we're emotional yeah okay so anyways like I said I'm very new at this um and one of the things that you said to me is that you'll feel frustration right before a breakthrough that was one of my biggest light bulb moments in that Um, because I was, that just makes so much sense to me. Every, every breakthrough that I've ever had, whether it's like personal or professional has come from this place of just frustration where I just like, can't, I like can't contain it anymore. And in the Enneagram, like my center is like anger and I'm in the like gut triad. And you talk a lot about how like your emotions Our emotions and our gut are extremely important. I mean, for everybody out there, but especially for those of us who are generators with, um, you know, this emotional center. So anyways. Yeah, Yeah, I love that you mentioned that. And we'll definitely get into this a bit more when we get into the generator portion. But 
you know, both you and I are emotional authorities. Um, I'm an Enneagram three and I do find there are a, so I am the, what is it? The achiever? What's the proper term for Enneagram three? Achiever. Uh, Yeah. Essentially. (laughs) I know there's, I've seen a few different terms. Yep. And I'm in the heart triad. And so for me, the emotional authority, it felt very aligned. However, you know, Cassie and I are similar in a lot of ways, but also very different. And I think with the emotional authority, if you do have that show up in your body graph, it really just means we are not meant to make quick decisions. So you don't have to necessarily think about it like you're this crazy emotional being, but you do experience frustration or maybe anger or different emotional ranges. And we are not meant to make decisions in that space. And so we're really just meant to kind of marinate on it until we get back to our emotional baseline prior to making decisions. So I think that's a really good point that you bring up. Mm. All right. Well, Let's bring it in. Uh, All right. So I wasn't sure if I was going to get into all the centers, but I'll just talk about, I talked about there's nine centers, but there are four centers in human design that are motors. And I know Cassie mentioned that earlier. So that is the will center, the solar plexus, sacral and root. And the reason why I bring these up, because these are really what make up our type. So as we're getting into the manifester, which I mentioned was 8% of the population, So they have an open sacral center with any of the other motor centers connected to the throat. And so what you'll find is what makes up each of these five types really has to do with the sacral center and the throat Mm. center and what other centers are connected to those. Make sense? Yes. So manifester, I'm sure you could pretty much figure out what a manifester does. And I think I was a little bit jealous when I'm like, what do you mean I'm not a manifester? I feel like (laughs) I feel like we're in 2020 and everyone wants to be able to manifest. Right. But the reality is there are creators in the world. You know, there's a purpose for all of us and there's gifts that some people have and not everybody has those gifts. And so I felt again, really at home when I realized, huh, I can take this pressure off. Like, I don't have to come up with all these crazy Albert Einstein ideas all the time. <laughs> this is so your manifestors are your Diane Sanfilippos. <laughs> yeah. Put that out there. Diane is a manifester. So absolutely. Like, oh, my gosh. Anyways, go ahead. So really, the focus of manifestors is to be innovative. They're extremely empowering. Um, I think of like powerhouses, really provoking people and really the initiators of the world. And again, if any of these adjectives align with you, it's not saying that you're not those things. But this is really what I feel and, and believe when I think of manifestors. And really, the life purpose of a manifester is to lead change by initiating others into action. So these are the people that are starting startups during the pandemic and then like letting the teams run with it right like they're coming up with the ideas they're not necessarily executing on the ideas does that make sense Mm -hmm. this is a big one with manifestors so because they're so innovative they tend to move extremely fast and what happens is is their strategy is to really inform others that are going to be impacted by their actions. Because if not, usually it's a downward spiral. (laughs) Usually people get really upset or frustrated because they're not in the loop. So I think about like a relationship of two partners. And if a manifester 
is not notifying or keeping in the loop their spouse, for example, who's not a manifester, there could be some serious arguing that happens because manifestors move extremely fast and they tend to not let others know what they're doing. Like they're just like, okay, I bought a house. So (laughs) we're moving on Saturday. Yeah. Are you in? No, exactly. No, that's not how relationships work. And so anger is actually the huge emotional theme. So as Cassie mentioned, when when generators start to go to frustration, that means they're out of alignment. The emotional theme for manifestors is anger. And so they just get really angry because they want to move. They want to create. And when other people get in their way and ask them questions or question what they're doing, that's when the anger comes out. And it can be really disruptive for manifestors, actually. And it can actually really hinder what they're creating in the world. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine a lot of folks in like the entrepreneurial space are manifestors. Um, And I'm sure a lot of us are, you know, generators and manifesting generators as well. But especially since we're such a high chunk of the population, (laughs) but manifestors, man, like big, big ideas that can move things forward. But I imagine they probably need a little help like propelling that. Absolutely. And so if if you see, (laughs) exactly, if you see manifestors out of alignment, it's usually because they are, they're they're not meant to be in nine to five jobs. They are not meant to just do Mm. regular monotonous work. And they're really actually here to start something and leverage something for passive income. Like they are here to create and pass it off to somebody else. They're not meant to do the work. So if manifestors are, are really out of alignment, it's because they're they're doing the generative work. They're actually seeing a project from inception through completion. And that's not really their role. Mm, That's really interesting. Yeah. And so that's where we can get into the challenges because they don't have the sustainable energy. So when you hear sacral motor, that's what Cassie and I have. We have a defined sacral. So we have this generative sustainable energy, which manifestors don't have. And so There's a huge lack of sustainable energy. So working nine to five is unnatural or just working on projects for extremely long periods of time. They tended to move fast and be quick and they tend to have challenges accessing the right kind of support at times. They also tend to have challenges being a team team player, as you can imagine, (laughs) because they just want to create and move and not bring everybody else with them. And really, they tend to not necessarily recognize the impact that they have on others. Um, And that can be both negative or positive. Like manifestors can really have a huge impact on the world and not really necessarily know their power. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I want to hear more about like generators and manifesting generators. Absolutely. Very interested in those two. I wonder why. Because you're well, a generator? I mean, yes, because one's me. But like <laughs> manifesting generators are really fascinating to me. Yes. That's what I, I wanted to be. I was like, I want to manifest stuff and I want to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. So manifesting generators, uh, the best way to describe them is they are, if a manifester and a generator had a baby, they'd be a manifesting generator. So they are really the they're really like the the child of both of those types. And so what they have is a defined sacral with any of the motor centers connected to the throat. 
And so they have that defined generative sacral sustainable energy like Cassie and I have as generators, but they also have another motor connected to the throat. Generators do not have a motor connected to the throat. So that's where the difference is. What does it mean to have a motor connected to the throat versus not? Like what do you what do you it see there between those types? So it just means, so when you have a motor connected to the throat, that's where you have that manifesting creative energy that generators don't have. So what you'll see is, um, we'll get into it probably in the next episode, but you'll see on your body graph, there's channels and gates, and there's going to be some lines that are connecting the different centers that are colored either black or red. And so when you see one of those motor centers colored in through the channel connected to the throat center. That's what that means. Did that help mm. clarify? I think so. I need to like have, that- <laughs> I need to do a PowerPoint to attach in the show notes for people so I can, <laughs> I can show them. No, it's good. It's good to just look at your own graph and like tune in to Absolutely. what you're seeing. So I, the biggest thing with manifesting generators is they create serious shortcuts to mastery. They're here to respond. They're here to find the right work that fills them up. Work and family are both extremely important to them, and they're really here to build. And so that is the life purpose of both a generator and a manifesting generator is to build work and family. Could be mm. individually, could be both at the same time. When you said that to me, I was like, that is really interesting. I have a really hard time balancing work and family and building both at the same time is an interesting thought to me, but that takes a lot of like showing up at consistency in both spaces um, as a parent and as a business owner and all of that. So anyways, this is my, my generator musings. Yeah. And it can just be a season, right? Like I'm sure in five years, there might be a position where you have this well-oiled machine or, you know, you're in a place like you're still in such a creative mode that who knows what it's going to be like. And it might feel really aligned to build both of them at the same time. So I think it just depends on the season that you're in and, you know, what's most important. And it's not saying that you're putting one on the back burner. It's just, yeah, it's just saying that, you know, like family is extremely important. And so there potentially could be mom guilt for the generators, right? Because we want to build both equally at the same time, but sometimes that's just not the reality. Mm. I feel that for sure. You can still be a present mama <laughs> and build and build Thanks, as a generator. Lins. <laughs> Thanks, Linz. And I know Lin- you are. I appreciate that affirmation. I I mean, Linz doesn't have any kids yet, ish. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's Just something a fur that baby. you want. We don't Just have to a talk fur about baby. That. <laughs> Just a fur baby and uh, Luna, puppy Luna. I actually love that you, you're mentioning this because it is so important to me because both of my parents worked extremely hard. I watched mm. them. I I actually haven't looked at their charts, but I am 100% sure that both my parents are generators and they weren't mm-hmm. home a lot. And so for me, building what I'm building now and being home and creating, you know, passive income and being able to have time and location freedom is extremely important to me prior to starting a family. And so that's where I'm at right now. And then eventually it'll be the the family build time as a generator. I love that so much. I think a lot about what my son thinks about me working and what he sees. I think about that a lot. And 
when we did our reading, I got mildly distracted and wanted to go check my son's she was like be right back I can hear you I'm gonna go run in the file section so I can check everybody out my family (laughs) I legit went and got some birth certificates well I know I mean I birthed my son so I know exactly what time that kid was born um and down to the millisecond down to the I mean you know basically down to the minute at least which is what I needed um anyways and so he's a generator so I find that really interesting to think about um how he sees me working and building right if building is important to generators and that's our our work to do um you know how he's gonna pick that up and and use that in his own journey so absolutely So the strategy with manifesting generators is really to respond, then envision, then inform, and then act. So again, you'll start to hear when we hear the generators a little bit later, they really have the marriage between the manifestors and the generators. And so they're supposed to respond by initiating action. So they do Mm -hmm. both. They manifest, they create, and then they put it into action. So... I, again, was like, I kind of want to be a manifesting generator, but I do too. <laughs> that feels like a lot of pressure, though. If you think about it, you got to do it all. You're doing it all. Yeah. <laughs> and there's additional emotional themes. So now you have the anger piece for the manifester and the frustration piece. So uh, you're just getting frustrated and angry if, if you're hitting your plateaus. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about what I love about manifesting generators is they they create mastery over time. And I love this analogy where they create shortcuts. So if you see a manifesting generator, you likely know them in your life. They move fast and they get the job done. But what you'll find is they skip a lot of steps and they actually will come back and refine and redo And that's not a bad thing. That's actually how they create their mastery. So if you're a manifesting generator who you have people in your life telling you like you're moving too fast and you have to go back and redo this and, you you know, people can get in your head. That's actually how you create your mastery with what you're trying to create. So it's a good thing. You do it fast and then you learn and then you go back and edit. Exactly. You're like, okay, this didn't work. Let's change it. Right. Let's, let's slightly tweak this and let's try it again. I know, um, from talking to Cassie Joy Garcia, that she's a manifesting generator and the way that she shows up in the world is like this crazy life force. That's like full of ideas and then also like get shit done. And when you explained a manifesting generator, I was like, that's got it. That's got to be her. That's got to be her. And so I sent her a box and I was like, tell me. And then I had listened to a podcast episode where she talked about how she was a manifesting generator. And I was like, okay, everything makes sense to me now. Now I see why you can get so much done. It is crazy. And it also like, I think it's really interesting to kind of come back to the space of, of how we try to compare ourselves so much to those that we really admire in our spaces, you know, of, you know, for me, whether it's like food photography and recipe development and, you know, creating cookbooks and blogs and things like that, like that's something that I I look to people like Diane Sanfilippo and Cassie Joy Garcia for, you know, obviously not only like advice and fantastic, like 
I don't know, just examples out there, people that I admire, but also coming back to the table and recognizing that I am wired differently and I'm going to show up in a different way. And so not only are my results going to look different, but my effort's going to look different too, which is really interesting. And I think the human design piece is, it dismantles some of that comparisonitis that we can all kind of get stuck in, which is really, that piece of it is very interesting to me. Absolutely. That felt like a breath of fresh air for me. Um, And I think I'm conditioned to be a multitasker. I know Cassie and I both talked about this, but as a generator, we're not necessarily meant to have multiple projects going on at any given time. And we actually create our mastery by really just doubling down on what's filling us up in that moment. And we'll get into this a bit later, but I like to explain again that manifesting generators they just have this like 45 degree incline they're just going 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 working on all their projects and then all of a sudden they hit a roadblock and they got to go back where generators have this stair step type Mm. mastery and what you'll find is if you're working on a similar project with a manifesting generator you actually might end up right at about the same spot just Mm -hmm. hitting your plateaus and you know being with it and refining in that way because a lot of times the manifesting generators will come back right and so we end up actually getting to the same location in just a very different way so that's the way I like to look at it yeah yeah I like stair stepping (laughs) figure it out as you go exactly and it could feel and we'll get into this a bit in a bit when we talk about generators, but it could feel like stuckness a lot for generators, but that's actually where the breakthrough happens. It's, it's the beautiful sweet spot where, you know, it's happening. Yeah. Okay. Do you have more to tell us about manifesting generators before we move on? That's really it. Uh, the challenges are really finding the right work, quitting out of frustration, uh, patience and waiting again is a huge one. And then feeling stuck a lot, very similar to the generator. Okay. So we could probably breeze through the generator since we we kind of talked about it in conjunction, which it makes sense to talk talk about them at, in the same breath, the man gens and the generators. But the generators have that defined sacral with no motors connected to the throat as a reminder. And again, like they're here, mastery, you know, here to build, here to find work that lights us up. A lot of times with generators, they're working in corporate jobs, for example, that are really unfulfilling and they're extremely exhausted and burnt out. And so our job, our goal is to really follow that sacral, that defined sacral and that gut to keep just chasing and following and allowing the right work to find us. Mm -hmm. And so I talked about frustration. Really, we're here to respond. That's a huge strategy. We're supposed to respond and then act based on what is presented to us. And I think this is important because as generators, we are so fast moving and we want to work and we want to do things. And I think when generators first hear, like, what do you mean I have to wait to respond? Like, that doesn't feel very good. But there's opportunities that present themselves multiple times in a day, even in an hour to be able to respond to. And so that's just kind of like a learned muscle over time. Wow. 
I, I definitely struggle with the idea of waiting to respond in my, my independent, uh, Enneagram eightness. And that was a, that was an interesting concept for me to break down for myself personally and realize that the response doesn't have to be to, and, and in fact, it shouldn't be anyone else's like shoulds for me. It just Absolutely. needs to be responding to like my own gut or like a sign. So I was a little resistant to that idea at first. And then I was like, oh, okay, I get it. All right. I'm on board. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. The, a great example is when you asked me how I, you know, became certified in human design and how this path presented itself to me. And as I mentioned, it was gifted to me, like a, a session was gifted to me as a holiday gift from a mentor who thought I would appreciate it. So like really the first time I ha- it had ever entered my world. And then, of course, I started seeing it everywhere. I started showing up in podcasts. And then I followed a online retreat where there was one of the most world renowned human design specialists and coaches who, you know, had a little seminar on it. And I started to get into it a little bit more. And then I was on her email list and I just kept feeling the signs and it I kept feeling it felt good. And it felt like I wanted to know more. And I think that's how that should feel, right? It's just something in the external world presents itself and it can be in a multitude of ways and you just chase what feels good. You're like, ooh, okay, I kind of want to know more. So I'm going to keep following that. Like that's how it should be, right? Yeah. I mean, Imagine if we lived our life like that for everything, how good it would feel. Just intuitively. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. So we're just as generators, we're so just our gut and our sacral. So when you feel that intuitive hit in our belly, that is a that's a tall tale sign to just follow it. And a lot of times we live in our heads as generators because of the conditioning. And that's where we really get in trouble. And that's where, you know, maybe we have a lot more setbacks because we're we're letting our, you know, our teachers when we're in elementary school or we're letting, you know, the media or we're letting our boss or our parent tell us how we're supposed to be showing up in the world. Yeah, that's never really worked out for me. <laughs> in fact, it's gone fairly poorly. <laughs> and I I also, you know, I, I, I remember when I was in corporate and I went to school for engineering. I'm a former engineer and I, I, I just remember going to college and feeling like this isn't it and then going through school and and thinking this isn't it and then getting my first professional job and thinking this isn't it and I just kept doing it because I didn't know what else to do I felt like this is what I invested my time and energy in and I don't want to disappoint people I don't want to disappoint my family and that was my biggest hurdle was having the you know what the cojones to tell my parents that I was leaving corporate to pursue entrepreneurship and they were so supportive like it was like this this idea I created in my head of what I thought would disappoint them and it was so much of it was self-induced and I think as generators we tend to do that a lot and I think there's a lot of people pleasing that happens so I've had to really decondition myself. So let's see. I think that's about wrapped up for the generators. Really, again, some of the challenges are finding the right work, because if we are stuck in corporate and unfulfilled, we will eventually burn out and really feel depleted. 
And the biggest piece that I would love for you to take away as a generator is when you feel frustrated, you're hitting your plateau, and that is just before the breakthrough. And I have seen it time and time again where generators quit Mm. before they create their mastery. And I just think about like how many people are losing out on fulfillment and and helping others because they think that it's not working for them. Mm. Yeah. So that, that's that. So generators, okay. use the frustration as fuel. Know that the breakthrough's coming. And really trust that inner response because when you get out of your own head, I mean, you're really unstoppable as generators when you really start to listen to your sacral. And Cassie is the queen of listening to her gut. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, I've navigated a few tricky situations with my friend Lindsay here <laughs> through my own intuition and it's worked out fine so far. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she calls me out when she's like, you knew, like you told me you had that sacral response. You had that gut reaction. And I'm mm. like, oh, man, you totally nailed it. I it's interesting. I, I think about like just my kind of innate self and trusting my own gut is literally the only thing that I believe I can trust. So that's like my work to do is, is in a different direction. Right. Um, but I, but I have, I've developed a very strong, very cultivated relationship with my gut and, and it, I mean, it's literally never wrong. My danger dar is is on point when it comes to other human beings that I want to be in relationship with. Um, and so for me, it's just about doing the work of like setting proper boundaries when those things pop up for me. Uh, and so for some folks, like like you said, the work might might be to really tap into and, and trust your gut more and and believe that that is like the right either path or decision or, or what whatever for you. But mine is is to take that a step further and actually like trust the gut enough to set up boundaries to protect myself and and that sacral energy, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because if you don't, then again, that will also be a form of depletion. Yeah. I know how it feels to feel depleted, people. We've been talking <laughs> about it on the podcast for about two years. <laughs> Also guilty. I mean, I I lived for other people and their expectations for so many years and it's Mm -hmm. gotten me in a lot of trouble. And so that's why, you know, that's why I also feel really called to this work because it feels really freeing. And I'm by no means an expert and I have a lot of work to do, but I think that's what every teacher is, right? It just means we're doing the work and we're helping other people through it as well. Yeah. I, it's really interesting. I think a lot of the time when we're we're listening to the shoulds as well. We are almost like repackaging those shoulds into what we think is our, our gut is telling us to do. And so we can convince ourselves that this repackaging of the shoulds is actually our gut telling us like the sign for us to go that direction, but it, it's actually a distraction or the wrong direction to go. Absolutely. Uh, which is really interesting. So Anyways, there's so much, so much good stuff to talk about. We're going to have to do an episode all just on generators. We should just have a full panel of generators because like all our friends, all of us our friends, lots of our, our close friends are generators as well, which is not a surprise, you know, given the fact that we make up a good chunk of the population. So yeah, 70% when you think manifesting generators and generators. And so 
Yeah. And it makes sense. Like we, like we are here to build, like we are here to create. I mean, imagine Mm -hmm. if there, if we didn't do that. And so again, that's why I love it. It's like, I also felt misunderstood for so long because I love, I love to work. Like when I'm in it, I love to work and people sometimes don't understand that about me and I'm okay with that. (laughs) It's like, no, if I'm, if I feel called and it feels right, I love it. And it it doesn't feel like work. And that doesn't mean that I'm working around the clock 24 seven, but you're not just going to see me, you know, creating that passive income and not having other projects or, you know, you know, charities or volunteering, right? Like I'm always going to be doing something, whether the passive income is there, um, where, for example, the manifestors, they're really here for that passive income and, and, and they don't have that sustainable energy. So it's really important. Before we get into the projectors, I do want to say, since there are so many generators probably listening to this, it's extremely important to wear yourself out every single day in the form of moving your body and in the form of work because it could lead to insomnia or just, you know, not getting proper sleep. And so you want to be so tired when you hit that pillow at night and you're just going to wake up feeling refreshed. Mm. It's really interesting to hear that explained from like a human design perspective versus like the science behind your cortisol levels being, you know what I mean? Like all of the, the nuances there. But I, when you said that to me during my reading, I was just like floored by that idea. Because if I think back to times where I was really depleting my energy in all those ways, I actually went to bed, head hit the pillow. I got better sleep. I felt more rested in the morning. Um, and obviously there's lots of uh, different little moving pieces of that, right? Right. Exercise actually gives you energy rather than takes it away. Um, but that's, it's, it was an important thing for me to me to note alongside all of the generators listening today. So absolutely. And it's not saying to do two hours of CrossFit seven days a week, right? It's listening <laughs> to your body because I know Cassie and I were also recovering workout aholics. And so it's about finding the balance, right? Like following what feels good. And, you know, like it doesn't need to be so scripted. It's just making sure that you're, you know, you're you're giving yourself those breaks to really move and making sure you're scheduling it in. And my husband, he's working on a lot of side projects. He's he's in finance, but he also loves to build things and he's always out in the garage. And I've noticed a, he's also a generator and I've noticed a huge influx in his energy since he, you know, made moving his body and working on those projects a part of his daily routine and he feels so much better. And so I do believe that there's some truth to that. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I can see myself having drained energy, like just aside from a workout, if I've been in the kitchen all day, like creating recipes and photographing them and doing stuff for the blog and the digital cookbook that's coming and all sorts of other things. So I think it's, um, it, it can, it comes in different ways. And like you said, work and body and sometimes work and body go hand in hand, depending on what you do, which is an interesting thought too, as far as thinking about what lights you up as a generator like if there's a path for you that will exhaust both like that's gonna be that'll be good for you absolutely and I even think about like you're in the kitchen you're on your feet like you're doing things right like you know and so that is moving your body right and you're doing what fills you up and so it's just really not 
you know, just sitting still for long periods of time is just not what generators are here to do. So that's, again, where the nine to five, if you are a nine to five and it's fulfilling, awesome for you. Um, a lot of a lot of generators can stay in corporate and work the nine to five, but you just want to really feel fulfilled in it. But just make sure you're getting up, moving your body and you're not just sitting for, you know, four and a half hours, taking your lunch break and then going back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we could talk about generators all day. Yes. So we better move on. We are going to tell move us more on. about projectors and reflectors. Yeah. So since these are so projectors are twenty four percent of the population, and they have an open, undefined sacral center, and no defined connections between any of the four motors to the throat. So there's going to be a lot of white space, a lot of white centers, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. But really. The projectors are extremely, extremely intuitive. They have a lot of wisdom. They're really here for guidance. I think of like gurus or senseis. They're here to share. And really their life's purpose is to manage others. Actually, Barack Obama is a projector. Mm. And so when and there's a lot of presidents that are projectors, Uh, So CEOs can also be projectors. They're really here to manage others and they're really here to just share their wisdom with the world. And they're usually like very stoic and you can just kind of tell when somebody is a projector. I'm sure I see Cassie right now and she's thinking, I'm sure she can think of a few projectors off the top of her head. Yeah, but I'm not going (laughs) to say because I don't actually know. Yeah. And so, like I said, the life's purpose is to really manage others. So projectors can feel very burnt out if they're doing the work of the world. They're really here to guide other people to do the work. So they're more the directors. If you think about, you know, a screenplay, they're really here to direct. And what's interesting about the projectors is (laughs) this would be so frustrating for Cassie and I, but their strategy is really to wait to be invited or to wait for recognition. So they may need to wait longer in order to find that right path. But if they're patient, the opportunities are endless. And that's why you'll see a lot of famous people and a lot of people in really high positions that are projectors because they've waited for those invitations and really use their gifts of wisdom and to manage others for success. Wow. Yeah, that would drive me crazy. Me too. Also, I'm not <laughs> someone who's just packed, jam-packed full of wisdom like that. <laughs> like, give me all your wisdom. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, we, pick, we pick it up as we go and then we use it. Like that's what I feel like generator. When you said that stair step, it's really interesting to think about when it comes to like brain capacity and, and learning too. Cause I'll like pick up what I need in terms of education or wisdom from someone else or whatever, and then use that. And then I'll pick up more what I need and I'll use that, pick up more what I need and use that. But I don't have a lot of capacity for this like deep well of wisdom other than obviously our, all of our own life experience brings wisdom, right? I feel the exact same way. So yeah. I guess that makes sense why we're both generators. Yeah, so interesting. <laughs> okay, tell me more. So the emotional theme is bitterness. And that's generally, there's just this bitter feeling when they don't re- wait to receive the right invitation. Um, a lot of times they'll give away their intellectual property just way too much, which can also create bitterness just because they're so wise. Not recognizing burnout is also a huge challenge. Um, not knowing when enough is enough and really allowing support is also another huge challenge. And so 
really they're here to wait for the invitation. It is a much bigger invitation than for Cassie and I, you know, the wait to respond. And they're really here to manage and guide and direct others. Crazy, right? A lot of patience, lots of patience that I don't have. I already have patience I have to work on. (laughs) So it, it can feel really supportive for, you know, to wait for the right people who understand you as a projector Mm. resting frequently. I have a projector friend. She's a, she's an amazing yogi. She's a teacher. She's a healer. And she is, she rests frequently. She's never worked a nine to five. She needs a lot of alone time. Like she's still so warm, but she has so much wisdom. She's such a great teacher, but she really requires that time for herself And a huge one is to really lie down and rest before sleep. So it's really important for projectors to actually physically like get in that state because they're not going to be moving around as much as the generators and the manifesting generators. And it's almost like you have to get your body like prepared and ready to go to bed in order to get the proper sleep. Mm. That's really interesting. I was I listened to uh, a training from Jenna Zoe recently, and I'll put her. I love her. Infor- yeah, and she was talking about how projectors should really only work for about three hours a day, and I thought that was really interesting, and Absolutely. so against like our hustle culture, right? And you and I, a lot of our conversations lately have been about this, like tapping into like what you need and and how you need to show up in the world. And some of that might involve you only working for three hours that day, but that doesn't mean that you didn't make a valuable contribution or that your work isn't moving forward, et cetera. And obviously this is different, right? In, in like the energy of each type, but this is, it's interesting to think about for projectors. Like that would be, I mean, I'm wired differently, but that would be really hard for me to think, oh man, I'm only supposed to work for three hours a day. That's like a lot of creatives, you know, a lot of folks who are um, in the arts, um, writers, like, can you imagine writing for just hours and hours and hours? And I'm sure there are many writers that are generators and many writers that are manifesting generators, et cetera. But absolutely, um, it's interesting to think about like modalities that would apply to someone who's a projector. Yeah. And, you know, when when you think about it, there's a lot more power when they actually allow themselves to like if they only and maybe it's different on a daily basis, you know, maybe Mm. it could be five hours, maybe it could be six and then maybe it's two or one and that's okay, Right. But there's just so much more power when you're like actually working four hour days. This feels really good for me or having that flexibility to be able to clear my calendar. So that's why the nine to five is not sustainable for a projector. Absolutely. And last but certainly not least, we have reflectors. And I would love for you to comment if you're listening to this and share with us if you're a reflector because you are only less than 1% of the population. And this is pretty wild, but you have no centers defined in your chart. No centers, zero. So it's completely undefined. And when you hear a little bit more about the role of the reflector, it makes a lot of sense. And so they're here to be in community. Community is very important. When they're in the right place at the right time, it feels really good. They're extremely sensitive and they're actually here to mirror the outside world. And they're really here to be the karmic mirror of the world and measure the energy in community. And really they need to wait before they make decisions 
and they actually follow the lunar cycle. And so I would die if I had to wait 28 days to make a decision (laughs) as a generator. But it's extremely important for the reflectors to wait those 28 days. The emotional theme is disappointment. And of course, their wealth theme is really taking time to make choices. Like everything is just extremely reflective of the community that they're in, the timing that they're in, and everything is supposed to really just sit right and feel really good. And it's supposed to just be in that perfect timing. And so some of the challenges of the reflectors are really that trusting that certainty, truth, and solution are more important than anything else. Falling in love with people's potential is a huge challenge of reflectors. Obviously, energy overwhelm because they have all of those undefined centers that they're really taking on. They're taking on that energy of everybody and everything else around them. And so they're extremely sensitive. I know, I don't fully know if some of the people in my life are reflectors, but I can just tell. I have a friend who's an energy healer and I can almost guarantee that she's a reflector because she can really feel people's energy just so much. Um, Another challenge is to make, you know, that pressure to make decisions quickly. Reflectors are very misunderstood and it's extremely challenging to live in a world in this modern age as a reflector. And really, they're here to reflect the health and alignment of the people around them. They have a role, they have a part, and it's really important for them to be here. Um, But it can be challenging for them. So just a couple of supportive actions if you are a reflector before we wrap up is to really take your time. Surround yourself with people who feel good. Know your monthly energy cycle. So again, if you're If you identify as a woman and you you have a cycle, you know, you can follow your menstrual cycle. If you don't identify as a a female, you know, you can follow their lunar cycle, which that's what they're suggesting that you do in human design and really be conscious of the energy around you. And so, you know, don't take anything personally and just recognizing the inner beauty in others. So it's really just around taking on that energy of other people for as your own. Wow. I can imagine it's like incredibly important to very thoughtfully curate like the people that you surround yourself with in your life as a reflector like that. That would be really important. (laughs) Yeah, it's it like honestly, it feels it feels if it would feel very overwhelming for me to be a reflector. It feels like it's a lot of responsibility. (laughs) And so you really need to trust that timing and that, you know, that timing and that location of of your surroundings, because it's extremely I mean, it's critical to your health and well-being as a reflector. Mm, Don't be collecting people. Choose. Be very choosy. Exactly. I like telling people that anyway, regardless of their human design type. (laughs) It's very true. I think it applies for all types, but especially for the reflectors. And so as you can see, we just went through just the types. I mean, we could talk for days upon days upon days around human design, but the core, the core of, of really understanding your energy blueprint and understanding your body graph, your unique body graph to you is really just starting to get that basic understanding of your type. And that's why we felt it was important to really go deep in all five of those. So you could get a, an understanding of, of how to start living, living your energy blueprint. 
Yeah, I love that. Okay, well, I mean, obviously we need to have you back on the podcast to go deeper. We didn't even really get to like authorities all that much or centers all that much. Like it's, I just, there's so much more. There's so many layers to this thing. Um, y'all know when we like did a deep dive into the Enneagram, we did, I don't, I don't even know how many episodes we have on the Enneagram. We have a lot, but we legit did it for three months. <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot to be said about, um, you know, devoting equal depth to something like this and, and digging in a little bit more if this is something that you want to explore. So Linz, we'll have to have you back to talk about that. Um, and dig a little bit deeper, but tell us, uh, where folks can find you. And, you know, what's next for you in terms of plugging into this um, human design work, even if it's a little bit down the road? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is livingwellbylindsay.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. And my email is lindsay at livingwellbylindsay.com. So you'll be able to contact me through my website as well. And I'm actually all booked up through the end of the year with readings, but I'm going to be doing some awesome VIP days getting into the new year, which I'm really excited about. And so we're going to really deep dive like full day sessions and go through the entire chart and really help people that are really wanting to create more alignment and to live that life of purpose and to just live their authentic truth. I'm going to really be helping them kind of deep dive into whatever areas of the light, their life that they want to focus on. And so I'm really excited to roll that out. I'm building it out right now. And I'm sure Cassie will provide all of the details once it's ready to go. Yes, I absolutely will. And we'll just have to have you back on then to celebrate and talk more about human design and get folks uh, excited about what's to come. So I know you guys are probably just over there like, Cassie, why did you bring someone on? Now I can't get a reading with this person, but like do some digging for yourself and wait for those workshops forthcoming. Um, you'll love, 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 love working with Lindsay. Lindsay, thanks you, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. This is so fun. I can't wait to delve a little bit deeper. Awesome. Okay, everyone. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye, everyone. Reach out if you have questions. I'm happy to help.